Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to part two of the purpose of singleness. Today, we're going to be talking about are you whole or full of holes? Hope you all are doing exceptionally well. If you're watching this live, do me a big favor, share this broadcast out to as many people as possible. If you're watching this later or listening to this later, feel free to share and get this message out to as many people as possible. And if you're watching this for the first time, you're like, hey, man, I want to be a part of this course. Make sure you go to lifework.teachable.com right now. Register. It is free. And you'll be able to get all the resources and tools that goes along with this course. Hope y'all doing exceptionally well. I'm going to give you all some time to get into the live feed. Let's get all the students in here. Um, you don't hear anything? Let me know if you guys, the gals, can hear anything. Let me know. You on time? Let me know if y'all can hear so I can make the change I need to make. Can y'all hear? We can hear. You can hear it good? All right, let's get right into it. Let's give everyone some time to get in here, uh, share this video out to as many people as possible, um, and let everybody know that we're talking about are you whole or full of holes? Get your worksheets out for those who's already enrolled into the class. Go ahead and get your worksheets out. We have a lot of notes to cover today. We have a ton of notes to cover today, and I'm excited to share with you all. Let's look at the chat and see who's here. Let me know where you guys and gals are watching from. Also, make sure you like the hashtag, the purpose of singleness. Um, um, so far, man, we have over 616 some people who's already enrolled. Some of y'all are watching me live now. Some of y'all are coming in later. And some of y'all will watch and go at your own pace. And that's amazing. But go ahead and get your notes out so we can get right into it. Let's see where everybody's from. Okay, good. Everybody can hear me. Good, good. Hey, coach, I don't fit in at work, surrounded by unbelievers and feel rejected. Any tips? We'll get there, Jamila. We're going to have a Q&A after these notes. So go ahead and save your questions. Let me know where y'all watching from now. Then we're going to get right into it. Gainesville, Georgia. California in the building. Minneapolis. Brooklyn in the building. Florida in the building. VA, Aiken, South Carolina, Tampa, Oklahoma, Wilmington, Delaware is in the building. Hope y'all doing well. Atlanta's in the building. New Zealand, thank you for watching from New Zealand. Thank you for watching from Atlanta. Wilmington, Delaware, thank you so much for watching. Like I said before, today we're going to be talking about are you whole or full of holes? It's going to be part one. Part two will be next week. Signs that you're whole or full of holes. Rhode Island's in the building. Toledo, Ohio. Lafayette, Louisiana, New Jersey in the building. That's good. That's good. But don't want to wait Go ahead and get your notes out. Will in New, uh, uh, West Virginia, Canada. Go ahead and get your notes out because we have a lot of things to cover on this evening. And for those who's wondering where this course was birthed from, it was birthed out of my book, The Purpose of Singleness. And we're going to be getting into this book probably week four, week five. Uh, but right now we're going through some um, preliminary things, some, some core foundational points to help us get to where we need to get to. But let's get right to our notes. Let me know if y'all can hear me. Make sure that my uh, channel, my uh, video is going smooth. Let me know before we get right into it. Let me know. I just want to make sure my audio is good. Maryland's in the building. <clears throat> I want to make sure that my um, my my video smooth before we get into it. I don't know if the chat is uh, uh, sluggish for a moment. Y'all let me know how we feeling, how we looking, how we sounding. 
Florida. Okay. All good. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the Purpose of Singleness course. My name is Coach Josh, also known as Joshua Ezzy. My goal is to help you become uh, more spiritually mature or holistically mature for God's optimal use. And today we're going to be talking about are you whole or full of holes? And for those who's new to the course, is new to this video, welcome. If you want to get all the resources like the notes here, as well as the holistic plan, you can do so by going to lifework.teachable.com. All those links are in the description boxes below. And, and, and we'll love to have you be a part of our community here. Um, but today is part two. If you haven't checked out part one, make sure you check out part one now. But today we're going to go a little bit deeper on what it means to be whole. What does it mean to be whole? Now, the first point, we're going to go over the first point and go over some definitions. They want to get to some more in-depth material. Let's get right into the first point. You have to be whole to hold. It's that simple. The whole premise of this talk this evening and also for next week is that you have to be whole to hold. It doesn't matter what you endeavor to hold in life, whether it's a person, whether it's a position, no matter what it is that you endeavor to hold in life, you have to make sure you hold. Let's get some definitions. The definition of whole is this, all love, entire, complete. Whole by definition is all love, entire or complete. Also, the definition of whole is in an unbroken and undamaged state in one piece, a thing that is complete in of itself. The definition of whole is all love, entire or complete, or in an unbroken or undamaged state in one piece, a thing or a person who is complete in of itself. In order to be able to hold something, you have to be in of yourself, all love, entire and complete. You have to make sure that you are in an unbroken and undamaged state. You have to be in one piece and you have to be a thing that is complete in of itself. Let's get to the definition of holes. The definition of holes is this, an opening through something, a fault or a flaw. A hole is an opening through something, a fault or a flaw. Once again, we're talking about are you whole? or full of holes. God is not going to pour anything into your life where he knows there's going to be waste. God is not going to pour a relationship. God's not going to pour marriage. God's not going to pour money. <clears throat> God is not going to pour anything into your life if he knows that you are not strong enough to hold. So a hole is an opening through something, a fault or a flaw. One more definition, and then we're going to break these definitions down and we'll get some more points. <clears throat> hold by definition is to support in a particular position or keep from falling or moving. To hold something is to support in a particular position or keep from falling or moving. To bear the pressure of, to another definition is to bear, sustain, or support as with their hands or arms or by any other means. The definition of hold is to support in a particular position or keep from falling or moving, to bear the pressure of, to bear, sustain, or support as with the hands or arms or by any other means. The last thing that I'm going to share with this, and I'm going to break those definitions down, is whole people hold up, people with holes are held back. People who are whole hold up, people with holes are held back. Let's look at the definition of whole. In order to be a whole person, you have to be complete in of yourself. Wholeness doesn't mean perfection. It just means ability. It means that you're able. 
Those who are whole are individuals who are in an unbroken or undamaged state. God is not going to put you in a marriage. God is not going to put you in the next phase of your life. God is not going to allow you to go deeper within a mission he has called you to if he knows that you are currently broken or in a damaged state. A whole person is a person by which their past cannot affect their present. A whole person is a person whose past does not affect their present or their potential. <clears throat> you know if you're ready for the next phase, if the last phase is not affecting your current phase in a damaging way. So a whole person is a person who's unbroken, unbothered, or it is in, or is in an undamaged state in one piece. And the last definition is, is what God is in of his essence is a thing or a person complete in of itself, meaning that God in the triune nature, the Father, Son, and the Spirit are all whole, one piece. Neither one are contradicting each other. Neither one are going against each other. They're all whole and intact, fully who they are <clears throat> in one piece. And God is endeavoring for us to get to that place where we are whole in one of, of ourselves, that we're able, body, soul, and spirit, none of them are working against each other, but we are complete in of ourselves in a harmonious state. Look at the definition of holes. Holes is an opening through something of fault or flaw. Um, holes is the areas in your life where undealt with faults, undealt with flaws, undealt with issues, things that are still causing a cavity in your frame, things that are causing uh, uh, areas in your life that if anything was to be poured into you, that 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 that, that precious um, um, blessing will be poured out of you. So a hole in your life is an opening through something. There's an opening in your life. An area that was supposed to be patched up is, is, is not patched up or is not allowing or you and your heart are not allowing the spirit of God to patch that area. It's a fault or a flaw. We're not talking about that you're maturing or you're growing. It is just saying that you know that fault is there, you know that flaw is there, and you're not doing anything about it. Look at the definition of hold. I love this. To support in a particular position or keep from falling or moving, to bear the pressure of. In order to hold a marriage, in order to hold a ministry, in order to hold money, in order to hold anything in life, you got to be able to hold that thing in position for its duration. You got to be able to hold that marriage in position with the help of the Holy Ghost, hold that opportunity with the help of the Holy Ghost, hold that position with the help of the Holy Ghost in one position despite the pressure. Many people, they, they want to run from singleness or advance their singleness, but don't realize that no matter what platform you strive to go towards or have, you there's pressure there. You see what I'm saying? And so, so when we understand that, we will do our part not to progress after something that we're not ready for. You see what I'm saying? Progressing after something <clears throat> that we know that we have cavities in our in our lives, that that even if I do settle for that position outside of God's timing, even if I pursue for that pursue that thing outside of God's timing, I won't be able to hold it up. You notice that most people can't hold a marriage up for but more than three years. They can't hold up their position more than three years. We got to make sure that we built in our singleness to be able to hold whatever that we want to hold for its purpose, for its man manifestation of what its intent was. And that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to be able to hold these things in a particular position, keeping it from falling or moving, keeping our marriage from falling or moving, keeping our ministry, keeping our money, keeping our mission, keeping our purpose from falling or from moving and to bear the pressure of it. 
when I first, when we, my wife and I got married, there were immediate pressures. See, what I learned about marriage in my first year is not about the issues between you. It's about the issues that's thrown at you. And if you're not prepared to handle what's thrown at you, then y'all going to be throwing things at each other. You see what I'm saying? Because the enemy wants you to be wrestling against flesh and blood, allowing their agenda to continue to go forward. Now, the definition for hold is to bear, sustain, or support as with the hands or arms or by any other means. Let's keep going. The last point within this section is whole people hold up. People with holes are held back. Whole people hold up. People with holes are held back. Are you being held or are you being held back? In order for me to hold well, I have to be held well. The beautiful thing about God is, is that in and of ourselves, we are incapable to endure any season. We are incapable of fulfilling the purpose of any season. Therefore, we need God to hold us. God will keep you if you desire to be kept. But a lot of people endeavor to keep themselves and they find themselves unkeepable. They find out that, <clears throat> that whatever they're trying to keep, they can't keep anymore. So the good thing about God is that in order for us to hold anything, we have to be held by him. Now, the problem, many people are striving or many singles are striving to hold things and positions they are not strong enough to hold. The problem is many people and singles are striving to hold things and positions they are not strong enough to hold. These individuals fail to realize that their level of endurance or strength must match in full, key word, key phrase, in full, what it would take to hold what they are reaching for. Many people are striving to hold things and positions they are not strong enough to hold. These individuals fail to realize that their level of endurance and strength must match in full what it will take to hold what they are reaching for. Meaning that if I need, if I am, am endeavoring to hold a marriage, if you are endeavoring to hold a marriage, if you are endeavoring to hold anything in life, you got to be able to be already equipped, already strengthened in full for the purpose of the thing that you want to hold. So many people are striving to, to get within their hands, to get within their life, um, the opportunity to, to, to hold something and then realize that they are not, they don't have the endurance. That's why I always tell everyone, you have to be conditioned for the call. You have to be able to manage the mission. And if you're not able to manage the mission or you don't have the muscular endurance, both in mind, soul, and spirit to be able to manage as a good manager, the next stage of your life, then you're, then, then you're not doing what it takes to make sure in your current season that you're doing whatever it takes to say, God, I'm not going to reach for it because I know I, or I understand or I respect what I'm reaching for. Most people are reaching for things they have no respect for because if you respect it, you will look at yourself and say, you know what? I'm going to take a real look at myself and a real look at what I'm reaching for. And I'm going to examine, do I have the endurance and the strength to be able to hold in full the purpose of whatever I'm reaching for? Many singles are striving to hold things and positions they are not strong enough to hold. These individuals fail to realize that their level of endurance and strength must match, must match. My strength in my singleness must be able to match 
the, the, the weight of marriage, not in of my strength. We're going to talk about that. Not in of your own strength, but, but there has to be an understanding of where true strength comes from because in of your own strength, you cannot match. You cannot match the weight of marriage. You cannot match the weight of, of responsibility and where, and where purpose is for you. But through the help of the Holy Ghost, you're able to, but you have to have the mindset that says, I'm going to surrender myself. I'm going to position myself to be able to handle or prepare myself to handle it. These individuals fail to realize that their level of endurance slash strength must match in full what it would take to hold what they are reaching for. Next point. In life, in life, you are either currently or will eventually, in life you are either currently or will eventually hold poor or properly the following things. Hear me closely. In life, you will you will currently in life you are either currently or will eventually hold poorly or properly the following things: people, products, positions, problems, prosperity, the past, power, and perspectives. These eight things you are, you are either currently holding or will eventually hold: people, products, positions problems, prosperity, the past, power, or perspectives. You are either currently or will eventually hold these things either poorly or properly. Let's break each of them down. People, right now in my life, I am holding a wife. I am holding uh, key people in my family. I'm holding up a key nucleus of people. I have to keep these individuals in mind as I interact my day because my decision will determine how held they are. I'm not the sole source of them being held, but I am a resource by which the source of God allows me to hold them. Can you understand that? So you're not the main source to hold them, but you are a resource. You are the hands, the feet, the clay, the vessel that's able to hold uh, individuals. Um, Based upon my practices, based upon my patterns, based upon my perspective, based on those different things will determine how I hold them. That's why I got to make sure that I keep God number one in my life. I got to make sure I keep God in the center of my life because in doing that, my fear of God would then have me fear them and would determine my actions with them. Because I always tell young men who who ask for advice from me when it comes to troubles with, with women that's pursuing them or troubles with women who are after them while they are married or in a relationship. I say, you got to make sure you have a list of 10 people that you think about before you even think about committing what you're about to commit. And if you still do it with those 10 people in mind, you, sir, my friend, are evil. Each and all of us are evil, but we're talking about there's a greater level of issue. Let me, let me know a greater level of issue and a greater level of evil inside of you that you have to deal with. Because if you can think about your woman, you can think about your children, you can think about your family, you can think about all these people and you still do it. That should at least reveal to you, or you still feel the desire to do it, or you're getting close to doing it, then that means, my friend, that, 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 that there's a mirror in front of you giving you the opportunity to look at your heart, and you either you're humbled by what you see, or you're or you're just overlooking what you see. Every decision you make, men, 
You have to make sure as single men that before I even pursue a woman, before I even entertain a woman, before I even think about putting myself in position to pursue a woman, I have to ask myself, am I willing to hold her up exclusively? Am I willing to be in position of focus and able to pay the attention when children come to be able to hold them? If you're not ready to hold a woman, if you're not ready to hold children, if you're not ready to hold a congregation, if you're not ready to hold people, do not endeavor. Because if you're endeavoring to be a pillar in someone's life, but you're faulty at the foundation, then that thing that you're trying to hold will find itself hurt. Ladies, same goes with you. Before you even open yourself up to be pursued, before you open yourself up to go after anything in life, you got to be able to ask yourself, am I able to hold this person? Am I able to hold this man's fears, failures, and faults? Am I able to hold um, 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 his vulnerability? Am I able to hold him up? Or am I going to hold him back? Fellas, same thing. Am I able to hold up her fears, failures, and faults? And men, you have to understand it's your responsibility to wash her with the word. So do, do I got the word held up enough in my heart to be able to wash her with the word of God? If not, don't endeavor to try to hold a woman up. Don't endeavor to try to hold a man up. Don't, if, don't make babies if you're not trying to hold them up the full duration of their life. These are things we have to process when it comes to holding up people. With the key people in your life, are you holding them poorly or properly? What perspective points, what patterns in your life that's causing you not to hold them well? Do not add new people in your life if you're still the old person. Do not endeavor to hold new people if you're still the old person. Number two, products. There are going to be products in your life that God is looking for you to be able to steward products like I would say products like homes, a house, car. Um, there's going to be uh, there's all different types of products that people hold. Some people are holding products that that is damaging to them, like uh, bottles with alcohol in them, remotes. They're on Netflix all the time. They're holding up uh, 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 digital devices for uh, for pornography uses usage. They're holding up all these different type of products. You got to make sure that you're whole enough to hold that. You see, what I'm saying, don't don't go into financial debt. Don't try to get a house if you know you're not whole enough to hold it up, and you know you're not uh, you're not you don't have the type of mindset to be able to manage. That that responsibility. Make sure that you say, you know what, if I'm going to have this television in my house, if I'm going to have this computer in my house, am I whole enough to hold what could come through that? Do I need accountability? And that's the beautiful thing about life. Before I hold a product, a new toy, a new thing, a new a tangible object in my life, I got to make sure I ask myself, am I whole enough to hold what could come through it or, or may happen with it? That's products. Number two, positions. Every position has pressure. The, the position of a husband has pressure. The position of a wife has pressure. The position of any of the five-fold ministries has pressure. The position of any job has pressure. The positions of, of the pinnacle of your purpose has pressure. And when you respect the position, you when you respect the pressure of the position, you are prepared for the position. Many people are pursuing positions they're not whole enough to keep. You got the promotion, but you didn't sustain the promotion. 
promotion. And many people have been programmed to focus on timing and not the two seasons that comes before and after the moment of promotion. Let's break that down. You heard me say it in many videos. There is a timing for things. And many people celebrate or overly exalt a timing of a thing versus the season of preparation before it and the season of prudence after it. When you idolize the moment or a, a moment of promotion, then your your mind is so focused on that moment that you're not even thinking about maximizing the time you currently have to prepare for the season that comes after it. Most promotion only lasts a couple of hours to about two or three days and maybe a week, depending on if you got a promotion for a job that you then you got to move your family to that city, etc. But so many people care so much about a position, like 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 for instance, for example. People know the colors for their wedding. They know who they're going to have Becky. They're going to have Chelsea in the wedding. They removed Martha out of the wedding because it was like Martha tripping. I don't even want her in my wedding. You know the colors. You know the homeboys you're going to have in it. I know this more so for ladies, guys. We don't, we don't really think about marriage until the day before. But most people have been programmed to think about the wedding that they didn't have time to prepare for the marriage. If your mind is more is so caught up in the wedding and you wasting $10,000, $15,000, $25,000 for a moment, do you know how idiotic that is? That you're going to spend $25,000, $15,000, on a wedding, but don't got a dime for the marriage? You don't even got enough. You, you over there looking through couches for quarters and coins for the marriage, but you spent all of that money, all that resource, for a moment, people are always excited for your moments, but they're not always there for the seasons. Do you understand that? People will show up for your wedding, show up for the party, but when it's time to actually handle the pressures, those individuals are not there. Every position has pressure. Let's keep going. Problems. How you hold problems will determine how well you hold uh, success. So you have to understand that in, in order to succeed, you have to fail. And at least when you fail, fail forward. And the way you fail forward is because you bounced off the grace and mercy that's behind you. You see what I'm saying? And so what happens, many people, they don't know how to handle problems. They don't know how to hold problems. See, most of the, the greatest moments of your life are hidden in obstacles. The greatest uh, uh, the greatest uh, uh, moments of, 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 of pres- uh, uh, promise is hidden in problems. So what happens is people don't know how to hold problems. They're not holding up the whole problems, but those problems is what's going to help you prosper. I am more thankful thankful in my life right now for the tough seasons of my life. If it wasn't for those challenging seasons, I would not have the character that I have today. How do you hold problems? You have to be whole to be able to hold the problems that's going to come within the next phase. Because no matter who you are and no matter how much money you have, you will have problems. And you got to be able to stomach the problems of your singleness, because if you can't stomach the problems now, you're not going to be able to digest the problems later. And that's key in life. God, I'm not sitting there saying that 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 life is just going to be uh, 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 just crazily hellish. No, what I'm saying is you're going to face trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome them all. That's the beautiful thing about that scripture. Jesus was saying, hey, in this life, you're going to face trials and tribulations, but in the midst of them, be of good cheer. 
because I overcame them. Thank you all so much for watching. Those 102 people, share, like this video so this video can gain some traction and we can get more people in. Share this video. Let's get more people in here. Let's get uh, 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 um, uh, more likes to get this video more traction. Thank you all so much. It's humbling for sure. But if you don't know how to hold problems now, you ain't going to be able to stomach the problems later. And that's important in life. In life, you're going to have trials and tribulations, but do not allow the tribulation to determine what level of cheer you're going to be in. Let's keep going. Prosperity. Listen, blessings are burdensome. You know, uh, uh, people got big homes, but big homes come with big maintenance. Uh, people get promotions. People get money. People have a prosperous life. But people fail to realize that in prosperity, there's burdens. There's pressure in prosperity. There's burdens and blessings. Blessings are heavy. It don't it don't matter if the, if the blessing came in freely or if you or you built it from the sweat and tears of your life. Blessings are heavy. And you got to be able to have the strong enough shoulders, strong enough frame mentally, emotionally, physically to be able to to carry the weight. Do you know how heavy money is? Do you know how heavy the maintenance of a thing is? Do you know how heavy prosperity is? And people are asking God, hey, God, I want more money. And God's going to be like, for what? You're not even conditioned or trained right now to be able to manage the, the responsibilities or the, the temptations of prosperity. Do you not know that money maximizes what's already in the midst of your heart? And when you understand that more money means more problems, if you are if you have if you don't know how to deal with problems, depending on who you are, people who have holes in their life, money makes more problems for them. People who are a whole, they use money to solve problems. You see what I'm saying? So there's two frames of thought. More money, more problems, or more money, more problems solved. See, when you're got full of holes in your life, more money means more problems. But when you're whole in Christ, that means more money, more problems solved because you have the right mindset for the money. All prosperity is heavy, and you got to be able to handle what all comes with that. More money means more women attracted to you, fellas. More money means more, more temptations to deal with ego and power for women and men. You see what I'm saying? Let's keep going. The past. The past is another P that you have to be whole enough to hold. You are either currently holding a problem. You are either currently holding the past. Oh, how am I going to put it? You're holding the past some some kind of way right now. Either you're holding your past properly or you're holding the past improperly. You see what I'm saying? Either you're holding your past properly or poorly based upon your mindset. Your past is either a place of residence or a place of reference. People who have holes in their life, their past is a place of residence. People who are a whole, who have been made whole, complete, able to hold or withstand the pressures of are people whose past is a place of reference, meaning that when I'm going through tough times or, or when I'm going through new experiences, I don't revert back to my past habits. I don't revert back to my old man. I look back into my past as a reference point of how far God has brought me. But people who do not hold their past well are people who are allowing the past to create cavities in their life, which will open up barriers or holes in their life, keeping them from or withholding God, and I'm saying men, men do not, we as people do not have the power to keep God from doing anything. So I don't want to, I don't even want to make that even a thought in your mind, but God is not going to bring anything in your life that he knows is going to destroy you. 
even more. See, these things in our lives are, are bacterias that creates cavities in us that opens up holes. You see what I'm saying? So these different things, if we do not hold them well, if we don't practice uh, uh, or prepare for things, these things that are inside of our hearts will be the bacterias that creates cavities. You see what I'm saying? That opens up holes in our life that, that will make a good father withhold good things or, or selective good things like things of promotion and things of prosperity and things of, of potential and purpose because he knows if I pour this relationship in our life, if I pour this woman into his life, he's only going to leak all over the floor. How do you hold your past? Are you always thinking about the molestation? Are you always thinking about the abuse? Are you always thinking about the, uh, the torment? Are you always thinking about who or what was in your life and not in your life? Or are you appreciative of the one who is Christ in your life now in the, in the, in the, in the, in the immaterial presence of the Holy Spirit in your soul? Next is power. Everybody has some form of power. I know my power. I know that I cannot use my words manipulatively. I know that the opposite side of my superpower could be led or used for manipulative purposes. I know the, 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 the power of my words. Therefore, I'm specific about my words because I reverence the power of God. I reverence the wrath of God. I reverence the holiness of God. I reverence who God is. Therefore, my power is limited. Even though my my power is potent. I'm, I have to let God make me whole because my power will be used the wrong way. That's why I was so glad that God did not elevate me in the early years of my ministry because I didn't know how to handle my power. I had power, but there was parts of my power that wasn't being used correctly. There was parts of my power that wasn't used properly. And you got to you understand that as a as who you are the next level, there may be power. There may be people up under you. There may be um, uh, uh, you uh, you may be stewarding resources and finances. And you got to make sure that you have the Holy Ghost power in you to help you manage your own power and your power is not used improperly. Last but not least, you are either currently or will eventually hold perspectives. Perspectives. What I'm going to say here is this. What kind of mind do you have? What kind of thoughts do you think? What kind of mindset do you have? You got to make sure that you're not currently holding the wrong perspectives that you're not holding the wrong way of thinking. Because if you hold the wrong way of thinking, you're going to be speaking the wrong types of speaking and you're going to be leaking in life. Thinking will determine your speaking. Your speaking will determine whether you leak or not leak. Are you leaking? Chances are is the your leakage, your leakage is a direct result of your thinking. If you think improperly, you'll speak improperly. If you speak improperly, you will leak all over the place. But if your mind is intact, your life will become intact because the Holy Spirit will be the one renewing your mind. In life, you will either <clears throat> in life you are either currently or will eventually hold properly or poorly the following things: people, products, positions, problems, prosperity, the past, power, and perspectives. How are you holding these things? If you allow God to hold you up, you will hold these things and individuals well. Let's keep going. Each of the following items listed above requires a certain amount of ability and strength to hold them properly for a period of time. 
or for its period of time. You see what I'm saying? Each of the following items listed above requires a certain amount of ability or strength to hold them properly for a period of time. You have to understand that you can't just welcome any and everything in your life if you're not able to handle it. Some people make too many kids. Some people have too many people in life. Some people have too much products around them. Some people got too much things around them. And it's causing them to be too weak to handle the core things that God wants them to hold well. You see what I'm saying? So what happens is many people are like, well, bring it on. <clears throat> bring it all and bring it on. And then in you bringing everything and putting too much on your plate, the things that were supposed to be digested and taken care of first grow cold because you're entertaining or eating the things that was not meant for to be on your plate. How many people are in, in right now are eating things or are entertaining things that were never meant to be on their plate? So each of the following items listed above requires a certain amount of ability and strength to hold them properly for its period of time. Marriage has its period of time. Parenting has its period of time. Ministry has its period of time. Uh, anything in your mission in life has its period of time, its period that God has already predestined for it to have its time. And you have to utilize your singleness to prepare yourself to be able to have the ability and the strength mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually to be able to hold those things for its period of time. Next point, in order to hold these things properly, you must be mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually able to hold them. You, I, Fellas, you can't just be, I'm, I can financially support her, but can you spiritually support her? Are you, are you able to support her emotionally? Are you able to support her mentally? Well, I, I, I'm able to uh, uh, um, uh, be there for a man uh, physically. Yes, you know how to you know throw it back. Yes, you know how to uh, take care of a house. But I tell people, you may be able to take care of a house, but can you take care of a spouse? Many men, I can pay for a house, but can you take care? Can you pay the payments of her emotional, mental, spiritual, on physical needs. Oh, I can keep a house. You can clean well. You can cook well. But can you be able to help support that man mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically? People got what it takes to, to afford a house or to maintain a house, but they don't have nothing in them to be able to sustain the spouse. See what I'm saying? So when you understand that, you will be able to say, God, I, it will make your singleness more purposeful. It will make your singleness more precious because you'll be able to say, you know what? I'm not emotionally ready. I'm not mentally ready. I'm not spiritually ready. I'm not physically ready to be able to handle this. I, you, you need, we all need to understand that, that no in ministry for me, I'm not endeavoring to go deeper in ministry. I need to sit down for two or three more years to learn about that next level of ministry. We're not talking about this level. We're talking about demon casting out, healing the sick preaching the gospel with power in, in realms where demons are at bay, that principalities can't even interfere with what I'm doing. That's next level. I got to make sure I'm ready mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically to handle that next level. Therefore, I'm not reaching for it. So I'm okay with this phase in my life. I'm enjoying my wife. I'm, I'm, into, I'm excited about having children. I'm loving this space I'm in. I'm not reaching for a new space because I'm realistic enough to look at my life and say, Josh, you ain't ready. Keep going. 
In order to hold these things properly, you must be mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually able to hold them. You got to be able to spiritually hold that woman, young man. You, the Bible says it's your responsibility to wash her with the word. You, If you don't know the word now, what you going to use to wash her with? You see what I'm saying? Are you emotionally ready when she wants to talk? Are you emotionally available? Or are your emotions in your career? Is your emotions in, in a peer? Or is your emotions wherever? Is it being steered away or is it being steered in to your family? Are you mentally ready? Are you are you physically ready? Are you gaining weight? Are you healthy? Because you got to be able to carry. You got to be able to hold. Now, fellas, you are not the source of your marriage. You are the resource of your marriage. But resources that are made of clay are either going to are going to break or they're going to be able to withstand. It all boils down to what you allow to keep you together. Let's keep going. <clears throat> Understanding this will help you not want to be single less but embrace your singleness. You hear that? When you understand that it takes spiritual maturity, emotional uh, maturity, uh, uh, mental and physical uh, maturity, you when you understand this, it will help you not want to be single less, meaning I don't want to be single no more. I want to be single less. It will make you embrace your singleness. Most people want to be single less. I don't want to be single no more. I don't want to be single. I want to crush a lot. You see what I'm saying? I don't want to be single no more. You see what I'm saying? But 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 when you realize I'm not ready, this season will become I'm going to embrace my singleness instead of wanting to be single less. Let's keep going. Because I'm already at the 40 minute mark and I'm halfway through my nose, not even close to what I want to get to. Our ability is strengthened by our availability to God in order for us to be strong enough. <clears throat> in order for me to be strong enough to hold what I'm asking God for. In order for me to be strong enough to be able to hold what God wants me to hold, my ability is strengthened by my availability to God. Your availability to him would strengthen, will determine your ability. I know, I'm, I got part, my part too is denser than this. Well, not really. But in order for me to have the ability to hold my wife, <clears throat> the ability to hold my marriage, the ability to be my pillar to whatever it is or infrastructure that I'm a part of to hold, I have to be available. The more available I am to God, the more able I am. See, the people think that just because you hold today, they're going to be whole forever. No, wholeness is a day-to-day -day thing. Wholeness is not just, yay, I'm whole today. No, 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 no. You got to watch and pray lest you too fall into temptation. Wholeness is a daily thing. Wholeness is a everyday concentration, everyday acknowledging God, everyday being available to God and, and basking in his and who he is and being strengthened in who he is. And in doing so, you're able to hold it continuously I because most people think, well, I'm whole today and they're done with God. Oh, I'm whole. I'm done with God. No, no. Wholeness is a day to day thing. Wholeness is a lifestyle. Wholeness is an everyday style of life that I have to constantly always acknowledge my ways, acknowledge God, uh, uh, understand him more, uh, respect him deeply. You see me? See what I'm saying? So that as I continue to enter in and here I am, Lord, send me here. I am, Lord. What do you need? The more I am available in him every day, the more able I am. And even if I find myself falling short, his 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 presence 
restores me. You see what I'm saying? So wholeness is not no one day moment. Oh, I'm whole. Look at that. And you got a trophy and a plaque. No, no, no. Wholeness is every day I must be in the presence of God. Every day I must be intentional with the things of God. Every day I have to continue to, to, to reverence God so that I continue to maximize my ability, grace to grace, exactly, so that I'm able to go and mercy to mercy, so that I'm able to go from glory to glory. I don't want to just be at the old, I don't want old glory. I want new glory. I want to go from glory to glory. I don't want to be stagnant at a level of glory that God cannot even reap from. That's old glory. Guys, I can't reap from that old glory. That glory, oh, yeah, that was cute what you did in 95. Yeah, that was good. We moved. We worked together back then. But why are we not working now? Oh, the glory. Oh, we. Oh, that glory was good that you gave me in 2015, what you gave me two months ago in 2019. But am I getting glory today? God don't care about the glory you gave him years ago. God wants the glory every day. He wants you to go from glory to glory. And the way you do that is through his Holy Ghost. Our ability is strengthened by our availability to God. The more I make myself available and I make it a lifestyle where I'm open and set apart for God and I'm holy unto him. You see what I'm saying? then I'm actually will find myself supernaturally able. Good. Discipline grows because I'm a disciple. Discipline births after discipleship. When I allow myself to be discipled by Jesus through his spirit, because the Holy Spirit is only going to do these things. The Holy Spirit is only going to point you to Christ. It's only going to uh, it's only going to point you to Christ. And it's only going to point you to the word. It's, on, it's only going to show you the heart of God and the image of God so you can bear that image. And when you recognize that I'm going to be a disciple of Christ and I'm going to allow these disciplines to be evident in my life, it's a choice. It's a decision. It's a daily decision. That's right. Consistency in his presence. That's the beautiful thing. In his presence, there's a fullness of joy. I'm working in his presence. His presence is mobile with me. As I move, I, I, I move where his presence moves. <clears throat> Cloud by day, fire by night. I'm right there with him under that light. You see what I'm saying? Next point, wholeness doesn't mean I got I got to get it moving. I'm get, I got to get it moving. I'm at the forty five minute. I got to get it moving, y'all. Wholeness doesn't mean perfection. Understand this. Wholeness doesn't mean perfection. It means being able. It means being stable. It means being capable. It means being responsible. It remain. It means being accountable. It means being dependable. It means being unavailable. It means being suitable. It means being likable. It means being lovable. It means being durable. It means being invaluable. It means being readable, and it means being teachable. <clears throat> Wholeness doesn't mean perfection. It means being able. Do you have the ability? to respond to a marriage? Do you have the ability to respond to parenting? Do you have the ability to respond to that level of ministry? Do you have the ability to respond to that level of money? Do you have the ability? Are you able? Hold this doesn't mean perfection. It means being able. I'm able to do it, God. Because of you, because of your help, I'm able. It means being stable. It means that you're mentally stable, emotionally stable, spiritually stable, physically stable. You're not always in anxiety. You're not always in depression. Only through the help of the Holy Ghost can you be stable because his goal is to stabilize your mindset so you can think on things that are just pure love of good report. Because when you think on things that are high, it will stable you at this level. You have to be capable. Am I capable? Am I capable of doing this? 
Am I am I emotionally, mentally, emotionally, and physically, spiritually capable of meeting the needs of a wife, of meeting the needs of a husband, of meeting the needs of children, of meeting the needs of, of that position or that platform that I'm desiring? Are you responsible? Are you able to handle the full responsibilities of what you're reaching for? Do not reach or respond to something that you don't have the ability to respond to. That means for you, ladies, if a man is pursuing you and you know you don't have the ability to respond to, 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 to a marriage or to him, then counsel this pursuit. Fellas, if you know that you have the uh, that, that you don't have the ability, don't reach out to a woman. Responsibility means I'm able to respond to its full need, not its partial need. Or you can respond to the sex, or you can respond um, to the traveling, you can respond to the vacations, you can respond to the glitz and glam of marriage, but you can't respond to, to the to the to the pressures of it. Are you accountable? Are you a person that's held up under accountability? Are you open? Are you an open book? If you hiding your phone, hiding messages, hiding stuff, you're not ready. If you are not, if you're not willing to be an open book, if you don't open his book, you won't be an open book. The word of God is supposed to be the mirror that opens us up to reveal to us what's really in our heart. And if you don't open that book often, you won't be an open book to others. We're not talking about open book of I give myself away to so he can use. We're talking about an open book of you can search me and find that prove that I'm consistent. Are you accountable? Are you dependable? Can she rely on you? Could he? Can he rely on you? Are you reliable? Are you dependable? You see what I'm saying? Or could, could, will that person who hires you, will you be dependable for that job? Will you be dependable? Next, are you unavailable? That's important. You have to be unavailable for certain people. If you want to be married, you got to be unavailable to every other woman. If you want to be married, you got to be unavailable for every other man. If you want to be in that next position, you got to be unavailable to everything on the opposite side of that position. You have to understand the beauty of unavailability, that I'm unavailable for that. For God, I live. For God, I die. Let God be true in every man alive. I am unavailable for that. I'm unavailable for that party. I'm unavailable for that wasting of time. I'm unavailable that for that because I'm focused on making sure that I'm able for what God wants to unveil in my life. Are you suitable? Are you suitable for it? Are you, uh, or can you fit the suit of a husband? Can you fit the suit of a wife? Can you fit the suit of a parent? Are you suitable? See, see, if you know that the waist is getting too wide, uh, I, I mean, let me, let me try on these pants. Nah, I can't fit it. See what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit will be your trainer to make sure you fit in the suits that you want to fit in. Are you likable and lovable? Come on. Nobody wants to marry and be with somebody who's mean and anxious and stressed all the time. Are you likable? Do, could, would that person really want to wake up and be, go to bed with you every day? Would that person really want to work with you every day? Are you likable? Are you lovable? It is important. Next point. Are you durable? Are you durable? Are you able to go the, the duration of it? Are you durable? One thing I understood about my singleness was I'm going to I'm going to allow all the hits to hit me now so that I so I know what pain feel like. When you have been accustomed to pain, you can keep going. You can gain because you know pain. Oh, this pain is familiar. I can get over this. When I got different pains in my body, back in the day I used to be all, "Oh my gosh, is that cancer?" Now I'm just like, "Oh, I know. I know what that is." And I adjust and I make changes. You see what I'm saying? Are you durable? 
<clears throat> are you able to go to full duration? Are you invaluable? Are you valuable to somebody? Uh, Will someone look at you and be like, you know what? That person right there, invaluable. He's That person's too valuable for me to let go. Are you readable? That goes with accountability. Are you readable? Uh, do you not accountability, but are readable means do you make sense? Are, do, do, do you know how to communicate? Can you comprehend communication? Are you readable? Or are you are you all over the place? One day you happy, one day next day you say you all over the place emotionally. Are you readable? Are uh, is is there is there a a clear point or substratum in in your book, or is your book all over the place? And are you teachable? If you're not teachable, you're not reachable. You see what I'm saying? If you don't, if you're not teachable to God, anybody can teach me. Even the babies, the kids that I work at the school, they teach me. The Bible says, consider the ant, you sluggard. You see what I'm saying? It says, consider anything. Anything can teach you. Are you teachable? Let's keep going. I got about 15 more minutes and I'm going to do a Q&A. Man, I got a lot of things that I need to cover. Um, scripture breakdown real quick for those who have their notes. 2 Corinthians 12, 2 to 10, I'm a paraphrase, but you can read. It was talking about uh, Paul was had this thorn in his side for three days and he was asking God to take it from him. But God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Um, uh, my grace is sufficient for you, meaning that no matter the trials or the testing or the pain you're going through. And I know you've been asking God three or four times to take singleness away. You've been telling God, take this thorn away from me, take this singleness away from me. But God's saying, no, I'm leaving it there. Because by me leaving it there, it's going to make my grace uh, more clear to you. And my grace is sufficient for this season. God has not ran out of grace for this season for you. God is not like tired of you right now. God says, I got plenty of grace sufficient enough for this season. So I'm not going to remove this singleness. I'm not going to remove this situation because I see it producing more fruit in your life. I see it pruning your life. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're talking about strength in his text. Strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That scripture has been used out of context. Many people think that I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me, but it means I can do anything within his mission for me because he will strengthen me for it. Jesus is not obligated to strengthen you for something that he is not uh, destined for you to do. God is not uh, uh, responsible for strengthening you in an area that he did not lead you to. But if you know for a fact it's the will of God, he will strengthen you. Next point, Ephesians 6.10. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. In order for me to be able to hold whatever it is that I want to hold in life, I have to first be strong in the Lord, not in my strength. You cannot be strong in your accolades. Your strength cannot come from your accolades. Your strength cannot come from your associates. Your strength cannot come from your accomplishments. Your strength cannot come from, from the fruit of your accounting, meaning your money. It cannot come from those. Your strength must come from God. Because when your money is low, now you feel now you're weakened. When those friends forsake you, now you weaken. You see what I'm saying? Your strength must be in the Lord, in his lordship of your life, in his care of your life. You got to let him be the shepherd of your life. And in the strength of his might, that is in his might, in his strength, that you are strengthened. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. I love that. It says, seek the Lord. I want to seek his lordship even more in my life. I want him, I want to seek more in depth of his lordship. God, I, oh, I didn't know that I didn't make you lord over that area of my life. Here you go. 
you're Lord over it. Oh, I didn't know that you wasn't Lord over that. Bet you're now Lord of it. I'm going to seek the Lord and his strength because God, in order for me to be a great Lord, because you're Lord of Lords, in order for me to be a great Lord up under your Lordship, I must seek your strength every day. There's going to be moments in your marriage, moments in life where you're not going to know how you're going to be able to do it. I remember last week, my wife came in the, in the room and I was laid on the couch before I did the video. And she was like, you don't look like you're ready to do this video. I said, I'm not. That last video I did was all the strength of the Holy Ghost because I was too tired to do it. The night before, I only had three hours of sleep, two hours of sleep. You see what I'm saying? But I know, I know I'm. I, he's already been Lord over this ministry. Because he's Lord over this ministry, I know he'll give me the strength for whatever he needs me to go get through. That should give you confidence no matter how the devil tries to deplete your energy for an assignment. Because you have been assigned by God, he'll give you the strength for it. And it says, seek his presence continuously. Because the Bible says in his presence is the fullness of joy. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if I'm in his presence, my joy is full. And if my joy is full, my strength is full. Now, let's break down James uh, 1, 2 through 4 real quick for the next 15 minutes. And I'm going to answer questions for 30 minutes. So this video should be about an hour and 45 minutes long. But time stamps will be below for y'all to be able to find it. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers when, or sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or patience. And let steadfastness or patience have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The goal of this text that, that, that James is trying to elude through the help of the Holy Ghost is, is that the goal is for us to be perfect, for us to be complete, and for us to lack nothing. Perfect means I'm perfectly placed. That a complete means that I'm actually able, reliable, dependable, responsible, accountable, and unavailable enough and lacking nothing. Because God's enough, I lack nothing. Now, how do we get to this place where we become whole every day, complete every day, able every day? Let's break this down. But before I get to the different layers, let's say this point here. In order to embrace your singleness, hear me closely. And for those who's watching, I go ahead and like the video. Let's get this video, get some more traction. Like the video, share it with your family and friends. I really appreciate it. In order to embrace your singleness and become whole through it, you must count correctly, know the importance of testing, and you must let patience work on you, meaning you have to count, you have to know, you have to let. In order to walk into continuous, continual wholeness, and to be prepared in singleness to be able to hold whatever it is in the future, you have to be able to count correctly, know the importance of your faith being tested, and you have to let patience work. Let's continue. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. Let's break this down. The first point of that, here are things singles must know when it comes to counting it all joy. Singles who are in Christ, hear me. We're not talking about singles out there in the world. We're talking about singles who are in Christ must know how to do spiritual math. Singles who are in Christ must know how to do spiritual math, meaning counting it all joy. You got to know how to do spiritual math. You got to be able to process spiritual equations, meaning because your situation may not make you feel joyful because you're looking at the circumstance. You're not looking what's after the equal. You know, you're not looking at what could be the after the plus your situation plus God equals joy. 
No matter what your situation is, if you add God to it, it equals what you need. It equals enough. Whatever that number is, God will fill up to the brim, to the overflow. Actually, not even to the overflow because excess uh, 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 will hinder progress. Progress. Sometimes excess hinders progress. But God will fill up that number to its brim. And God is saying, your situation plus me, we good. Your situation plus me, we good money. That's the beautiful thing about God. But you got to be able to do spiritual math. You got to be able to look at your situation and see God in it and be able to still have joy because you counted it all joy because you counted more blessing than you burdens. I tell people, you shouldn't have no time to even think about a burden or to count a burden because there's so many blessings. We take about 20 something thousand breaths a day. If you were to uh, 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 praise God, and count all those breaths, you won't have time to count the burdens. When you count your blessings, you don't have time to count burdens. So spiritual mathematics means my situation plus God equals complete. It equals it equals its purpose. It equals what it is here to do. And you will be able to count all joy knowing that God's going to use this for my good. Or if I brought this in my life, I know what to subtract to make sure this life is, is better than what it needs to be. We're talking about if situations adds itself to your life without your uh, addition. You see what I'm saying? But if you added unnecessary things in your life and it's causing drama and it's causing issues in your life, then spiritual math means instead of using the plus sign, I'm going to do the subtraction sign. I have to minus this pattern out of my life. I got to minus this person out of my life so the mathematics and the equations can equal out. But if you find yourself in a trial and you find yourself in a situation you're able to count all joy because you already counted God in the midst. Therefore, your spiritual mathematics will help you uh, 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 count it all joy. Singles who are in Christ must know how to do spiritual math. God in your singleness is enough, period. God in your singleness is enough. You don't need marriage right now. Marriage has its own troubles. The Bible says don't worry about tomorrow for it has its own troubles. You got to worry about today. God in your singleness, God in your marriage, God in wherever you are is enough. Life gets rough when God is not enough. Until he is enough, your singleness will remain rough. Until he is enough, your singleness will remain or continue to be rough. But it gets easier when you see just how enough God is for you. Contentment grows. Peace wells up. Because God is enough. You see what I'm saying? If your singleness is rough right now, maybe God's not enough to you. Because when God is enough, you're distracted. You forget you're single. Oh, man. You know how many times I forgot I was single? Because I put I wrote these books. I forgot I was single. <laughs> I got busy. I got productive. I forgot I was even single. Because when God's enough, you don't think about stuff. But if God is not enough in your life, your singles will just continue to be rough. It's that simple. Let's keep going. Next point for counting all joy. It says singleness must know that they are not strong enough to endure the trials of singleness. You are not strong enough to endure the trials of singleness. There are trials in singleness. singleness singles must know that they are not strong enough to endure. The, that's why singleness is rough. Because God's not enough for you. But when God becomes enough and you realize that you need to hold on to his everlasting arm, hold on to his strength and might, 
You see what I'm saying? Then you will be able to endure the, the, the sour patches of singleness. And let's be realistic. There are sour patches in singleness. I'm not sitting there saying that every day is going to be great and every day you're going to enjoy singleness. No, 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 no. But your mind has to always revert back to a default setting of where Christ is seated because Christ is seated. Now you're able to withstand. Now you're able to rest. Now you're able to say, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not emotionally, physically, spiritually mature enough. Oh, God has a purpose in this, and I'm going to let patience work on me. Singles must know that they are not strong enough to endure the trials of singleness. The only thing that will strengthen you is the joy of the Lord. The only thing, the only thing, the only numero uno, I don't even know what only is in Spanish. The only thing that will strengthen you during your singleness is the joy of the Lord. It's that simple. When you're counted at all joy, your joy will strengthen your joy in God. When you enjoy God, enter God's joy, E-N, enter God's joy, you will find supernatural strength to walk through the sour patches of singleness. It's going to be when you really get these concepts you will sing praises while you're going through sour patches. You will sing songs while you're going through sour patches. You, The devil will be confused. Demons will be confused because even though you're going through a sour patch, you will be singing songs of praise to God because he's enough. If you, in the, if you walk through the valley of death, fear no evil for he'll be with you. And singers does have valleys, but he'll get you through. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down to big, by green pastures. He restores my soul. He brings me by still waters. I, right now, I can't get the verse together, but go to Psalms 23 and say, Lord, are you my shepherd? What am I wanting? Because if God is really your shepherd, there's no need to want. Let me read that verse. Let me, let me find that verse because I want to break that down. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to break that down. Let me find that verse. I know it by heart, but I want to make sure I give it to you clearly. Um. Old Testament. Here we go. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If you're wanting anything more than God and you're not letting God shepherd you, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes you. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. See, the reason why God is, is, is wanting to make you lie down by green pastures is because he's saying, you know what? I got to steal your soul because a restless soul ruins whatever you're reaching for. He says, I make you lie down. He makes me lie down a green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He wants to steal you. Notice that God did not give Adam Eve to Adam when Adam was restless. He gave Eve to Adam when he was at rest. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you know that when chastening should be comforting, pruning should be comforting? That God's rod and staff, his way of correcting you, should comfort you because you know that you are a father child and you're not a bastard child. When you recognize that he's your shepherd, when you let him uh, put you in green pasture and still waters, and when you begin to recognize that no matter if you go through the valley of the shadows of singleness, that you will fear no evil for he is with you. And at the fact that, oh, God is chastening me, he is, he is, is pruning me, that comforts me. 
because I know that he's my, I'm his son or daughter. And he says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And you know, my head will all, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's powerful. It says right here, it says, you prepare a table. Like, let God prepare the table of your marriage. Let God prepare the table of your ministry. Yes, people talking crazy about you. Yes, people talk about your singing. Yes, people talk and let them talk. But they, they ain't going to be able to talk when they see that filet mignon on your table. They're not going to be able to talk when they see who God puts you with. They ain't going to say, they ain't going to be able to say much when they see that promotion comes. Let God prepare a table before you in the present enemies. Let him anoint you with purpose and understand out of your heart. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the, all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's powerful. Let's keep going. I got about seven more minutes. The only thing that will strengthen you is the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Psalms 28, 7. Nehemiah 8, 10 as well. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're not, if you don't have time to enjoy God, you're not going to endure anything. Next point. Singles must know how to counter all joy before meeting trials. Or when you or when you find yourself in the midst of one, you will lose your mental stability. Break that down. You must know how to count all joy. If you don't know how to count all joy, if you don't know how to do spiritual math, then you're going to be frustrated. When I walk into classrooms and I see kids frustrated, sometimes kids have behavior problems because they don't know how to do the math. And I'm like, bro, all you got to do is this to your teacher. But you over there spinning over there in the corner, not listening. And then when it's testing time, you want to flip tables and flip chairs. You want to get mad. You see what I'm saying? You want to get mad, but you're the one that didn't even listen. You didn't even allow God to help you break down the equations during tutoring. You see what I'm saying? But because you was distracted from the lesson, when it's time to do the math and you can't count on all joy through your spiritual math, now you get frustrated. And then when you meet a trial, oh my gosh, woe is me. Instead of why me or why not me. Let's keep going. Singles must know how to count on all joy before meeting trials or when you find yourself in the midst of one, you will lose all mental stability. Kids be flipping tables, be flipping chairs. They lose their mental stability. They don't know how to do basic math. You will lose your mental stability if you don't know how to do spiritual math. Next point. For you know, for you know, God bless you too. God bless you all. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or patience. Let's break that down. Before you are able to count all joy, you must already know. Pre-knowledge helps you count well. You're not going to be able to count until you have knowledge. Teacher gives you knowledge so that you will know how to count. You know how teachers be like, use your fingers, use what, use your tools, use your resources in math to be able to understand the math. The same is with God. God is like, hey, be taught by me. Let me teach you. Every test you're going through, every test you're going to have, you have an open book test. The word of God is your open book test. And you got an available tutor who's the Holy Spirit. So you without any excuse to pass tests. But if you don't already know that your faith must be tested, that you have to be strengthened, then you ain't going to know how to do spiritual math. Before you're able to count all joy, you must already know why your faith must be tested and why patience must have a perfect work. A person who knows why their faith must be tested and why patience must work, <clears throat> they endure trials the correct way. They know how to count all joy. Let's keep going. You must understand that in order to become your best, you must go through the test. It's that simple. In order to become your best, you got to go through the test. So let the test make you your best self. Next point. 
You must be tried to become true. Everybody say, I, I want to be tried and true, tried and true, tried and true. Man, you got to go through trying times to be true. You can't spell testimony without test. In order to have a testimony, you have to go through tests. So you have to understand why tests come. Your faith is a muscle. Your faith must be tested. For you know that the testing of your faith produces patience, produces steadfast. That when my pet, when my faith is tested, I become more patient. <clears throat> when your faith is tested, you become more durable. When your faith becomes tested, you're able to withstand. You're able to stand firm. Next point. There are treasures in every trial or test. Now, what is a trial? A trial is a period of testing to prove you worthy. God pushed you through tests to prove to the demonic world that you're worthy for this, that you're able for this. Because Jesus went through his tests, we've now been worthy in position. But to be worthy in purpose, we got to go through tests. We're not talking about worthy to be sons or daughters of God. No, no, no. We Because Jesus passed that test, we by default are worthy. There's nothing I can do to be worthy to be a child of God. I'm by default a child of God because of the test that Christ had to go through for me. Because I failed that test, God was like, they ain't going to pass this test. So I'm going to wrap myself in flesh. I'm going to send my son with my spirit in him. And he's going to go through the test perfectly. Get all straight A's, A++. That by default, because of what he did, made me worthy as sons and daughters. But when it comes to, that's position. That's positional. In position, I'm worthy. But in purpose, I have to go through tests and trials to prove me worthy for that purpose, to prove me able for that purpose, to prove me stable for that purpose, to prove me responsible for that purpose, to prove me accountable for that purpose, to prove me stable and capable, lovable, durable, invaluable for that purpose. Because of what Christ did positionally, I'm worthy to be sons and daughters. But to be purposefully worthy, I got to go through a period of time to try me, to test me, to strengthen me with my mindset, my emotional stability, my spiritual soundness, and my physical frame is able to withstand the pressures that comes with this. You must understand in order to become your best, you must go through. Okay, I already said that. You must be tried to be true. You can't spell testimony without test. Next point. There are treasures in every trial and test. There are treasures. Learning lessons, opportunities in every test. Like when you pass a test, man, you get you get treats. You see what I'm saying? Because the treat is the opportunity to go to the next level. Kids just get, well, I'm tired of the NOG integrated test. You don't like the integrated test because you ain't do nothing during the whole grade. See what I'm saying? And some people got test anxiety. You have test anxiety possibly because you don't know how to study. You don't have to study well. But I was a study to show yourself approve a workman able to rightly divide a word of truth. I think I mixed two scriptures up, but you know what I'm trying to say. There are treasures in every test. There are treasures. Count all joy when you go through various trials. For there's treasures in every trial or test, learning opportunities. Here, this point here. In order to treasure up, people want to treasure up. I want the treasures of marriage. I want the treasures of that kind of ministry. Everybody watches everybody else's highlights. I want that. Relationship goals. Oh, money goals. You see what I'm saying? Ministry goals. That's my ministry goals. That's my marriage goals. That's my money goals. That's my goals. That's my goals. They say all these goals. They want to treasure up. But in order to treasure up, you must pressure up, pressure up, pressure up, and measure up. If you want to treasure up, you got to measure up. In order to measure up, you got to pressure up. In order to get that treasure, 
that treasure up there, you got to go through a certain amount of pressure. Pressure. God ups the pressure. Oh, you want that treasure? I'm going to up the pressure. Pressure. Because the pressure going to help have you measure up to the level to steward that treasure that's up there. For you know the testing of your faith, my faith is a must. I need this faith to be tested so that I'm able to be patient, to move with poise. Every step has power because my heart is sound. My mind is at ease because I have a patient soul. I'm steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the good works. You see what I'm saying? And it says, next point, and let steadfastness and patience have its full effect. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Let's break these points down because I'll add some of these points into part two. Let means letting go. I gotta, in order to let patience work, I gotta let go of, of my, my grip. You must let the supernatural slash natural work of patience work on you. There's a supernatural work of patience and there's a natural work of patience. I tell people all the time, I love what I went through in my life because it has gifted me with the ability to be patient. Every time I'm patient, I receive something. When I'm at a restaurant, I don't get mad because the food's taking long. I just say, you know what? There's a reason why it's taking long. 85% of the time, 75% of the time when I'm patient, I get more. The lady would be like, you know what? Because you've been so nice. Here's some extra chicken tenders. One lady gave me 15 wings for free. One lady gave me, they just keep giving me extra stuff because patience comes with. When I'm patient, I understand, oh, no worries. I understand things happen. I wait patiently with a smile and I always get discounts at Whole Foods. I always get extra food no matter where I go. You see another level, another devil. That's real. No matter where I go, because patience has perfectly worked on me, I understand things in a deeper way. And when you understand in a deeper way, better things get delivered to you. You must let the supernatural slash natural work of patience work on you. Another point is patience has purpose. I'm going to read through these quickly and I'll start here next week. True patience is never negative. Patience is negative. God don't care about your ability to wait. He cares about your attitude while waiting. Some of y'all, you have no choice but to wait. God, you got no choice unless you want to settle. But God cares about your attitude while waiting. True patience is never negative because it's rooted in the right perspective. When I have the right perspective, I can be patient. When I have the right perspective, I can endure this trial. When I have the right perspective, knowing that God is using this trial to make me emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically ready, then I endure it. True patience is never negative because it's rooted in the right perspective. It's easy to wait if you know why you must wait. Not why you're waiting, but why you must wait. It's easy to wait. It's easy to wait for marriage when you know why you must wait and you looking at the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, and realizing that you're not ready. Waiting becomes easier because you know the reason why you must wait. Last point, I'm done. Patience must have its full effect for you to be fully effective. Patience must have its full effect for you to be fully effective. In order for me to be fully effective in my marriage, I should have let patience, I should have allowed the patient to have a perfect work in my singleness. If you want to be fully effective in ministry, you gotta let God's patience perfectly have his full effect in your life. Do not cut patience short and it's 70% loaded and you cut it short. No, in order to be fully effective in any area of your life, you gotta allow to you gotta allow patience to have her full effect. Only God knows when patience has finished her work. You don't. Only God knows when patience has fully finished her work and the inspectors then came and checked everything. 
Interrupting the work of patience will make you ill-prepared. Interrupting the work of patience will make you ill-prepared, or in other words, not whole or able. If you want to be fully prepared, you got to let patience have her perfect work. In order to hold anything in life, you have to be whole. In order to sustain it throughout its full period, you have to continue in wholeness. And your wholeness is sustained by the strength of God. I get some questions. That's all my notes there. Let me talk about the activity. I have uh, notes. Why I get y'all questions together. I got activities for y'all this week. Uh, if you want these worksheets, you got to go to lifework.teachable.com, lifework.teachable.com. And um, this worksheet here will help you process how to hold the things that you're holding. Uh, let me make sure I got all my, my points here. Here we go. This sheet right here is self-explanatory. It talks about all the P's. And I want you to reflect on are you holding or will you hold these things properly and properly? And I have all the rest of the stuff, the mind, body, and soul holistic plan. If you want all of that, go get it now at lifework.teachable.com. Those are for the people who's enrolled in the class. And um, and so get that. And uh in about two weeks, we'll be back in this, we'll be in this book here and chapter two of seasons. Uh, <clears throat> we'll be in the book soon. Um, but God wants you whole. Because if you're not walking in wholeness every day, you're not going to be able to hold what you need to hold. Patience with purpose. That's right. Let's get some questions. I got about 30 minutes for questions. Those are our points there. If you want all those resources, those worksheets, go to lifework.teachable.com. I'm happy I'm single in this season. I've been single for eight years. Ain't nothing. Time ain't nothing but time. Hi, Josh. Should every Christian be able to speak in tongues? Yeah. Uh, speaking in tongues is a gift. The Bible says, uh, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in, in tongues helps you build your faith. It helps build you, helps sustain you, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Because now there's sort of, there's going to be patches of life. Oh, y'all coming in with the questions. There's going to be patches of life where you're not, you, your words ain't going to be able to sustain you. But the words of the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost will help you. If you want to learn how to pray in tongues, if you, if you want the power of the Spirit of God in praying in tongues, simply ask him. I bet you he'll give it to you. How do you get in this class? Great question. Go to lifework.teachable.com. Lifework.teachable.com <clears throat> to be a part of this class. It's free. Um, the worksheets are there. Uh, we're going to be in this course for uh, maybe two years, yo. Maybe two years, y'all. Uh, but 70 weeks for sure. Maybe just a year. It may be a year. It may be two years, but it's based upon God. Um so lifework.teachable.com, enroll, download the syllabus, get the syllabus so you know what's going on. Start with for the first video, catch up in your own time and pace, and you'll we'll welcome you into place. We love to have you. Kristen Sannon says, can you imagine inviting in it to, uh, oh, oh you, you saying, can you imagine? Okay, gotcha. Nick Antoine says, my wandering eye has returned. I realize a part of the reason I live uh, a of reason why I live a God life is because fear of consequences, but not out of complete love for God. Great point. So my heart is not right while my actions are. How do I go back to the old? How do I go back to the old way of being close to God? Great question, Nick. The reason for you to do whatever you need to do in this season of life must be solely in Jesus Himself. So many people say, well, these five, these five steps. So if I just do this, then I'm able to be whole. No, wholeness begins with being held by God. Wholeness begins giving your life into the hands of God. Life begins when you let him hold it. 
right? So the reason why people try to lose, they, they try to use discipline without discipleship. You cannot, you, you are not going to be able to withstand or be able to hold up a life of purity, a life of, of holiness through discipline alone. Dis your discipline must be birthed out of discipleship and your discipleship must be rooted in Jesus. Jesus must be the one discipling you. In order for you to birth pure spiritual discipline, it's going to help you go the full duration of, of, of purity and, and living the right life. It's rooted in discipleship. If you do not allow yourself to be discipled by Jesus through his spirit, your disciplines won't sustain you. Because many people will do, well, if I do these five steps, then I should be all right. You're only going to be all right for a few days, a few weeks, maybe a couple of months. You may be even good a couple of years. But if you do five things or five steps out outside of the pureness of the power of God, you ain't going to make it. So you're, you're going to be you're going to be you're not going to be uh, doing these things. Uh, uh, um, you, you, you will be like, oh, well, you know, look, I've been standing against this for six months. Look at me and all eyes on you now. But when you say no, God, every day counts. I don't care if I've been strong in six months. I ain't stupid. No, no, God, I'm, every day I'm allowing you to disciple me because in order that, in order for my disciplines to be sound to help me endure the duration, I, Jesus disciple me every day. My wandering eye has returned. I realize a part of the reason I live a God life is because fear of consequence. The fear of consequence cannot be. The fear of God must be. So most of us fear the consequence of sin, but, not, but do not fear the one that can redeem us from sin. What I mean by that, when you fear God, the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom, not the fear of consequences. Uh, uh, uh. You're not going to be sexually pure. You're not going to be emotionally pure. You're not going to be spiritually pure. You're not going to be financially pure. You're not going to be pure. In any of these areas, if you fear the consequences of it, because then you're 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 pushing or heighting that consequence above the Christ. You cannot you cannot elevate the consequence of a thing above the Christ that can free you from the consequences of it, or from you even making a choice to get into a consequence of it. See what I'm saying? Everything must solely be in the fear of God, the reverence of Him, the love of Him, the appreciation of Him that's birthed out of you being sealed by the Spirit of God through. Through Jesus. God life is because of fear of consequences, but not out of complete love for God. Everything must birth out of God, I love you because you love me. I appreciate you because you accepted me. And when you have that, if when that song is a song of your life, you will find yourself supernaturally sustained, supernaturally sustained, no matter what you're facing. So my heart is not right while my actions are. How do I go back to the old way of being close to God? It's realizing that closeness boils down to clarity. The more clear I am about God's character, the more clear about I am about life, the closer I get to God. When you realize it's in him, live, in him that you live, move, and have your being, when you realize that it's because of him that you have everything, it humbles you, man. It puts you in the right state of mind. It puts you in the right frame of mind. And you'll be like, God, I'm doing this because of your love, not for your love. I'm doing this because I'm righteous in you, not for your righteousness for you. So in you, I'm doing this not to be forgiven, but because I'm already forgiven. So when your mindset begins to change towards that, your actions will become purer because your mindset has become as purest. You see what I'm saying? Practically, how is this done? It boils down to looking at your life and saying, why do I not really understand God's love for me?
Why am I working for God's love? Why do I have these consequences high? Is it because uh, of how you want to look? Is it, it, It's deeper. Once you take a, a deep dive into your heart with the Holy Spirit, scuba dive with the Holy Spirit into your heart, he'll show you why you're really doing this. But everything must be birthed out of discipleship. Your disciplines cannot save you. It's only discipleship through Christ and his spirit that will. Uh, Celeste says, coach, if you walk in on a spiritual walk and someone from the past pops up out of nowhere calling, let me, let me scroll. Oh, there you go again. I knew when I was going to scroll, it was going to take me all the way down, down to the brook. Uh Oh, did I skip the questions? Okay. Give me one second. I'll find it. Find it. Find it. There you go. <clears throat> Celeste says, coach, if you're walking on a spiritual walk and someone from your past pops up out of nowhere, calling you, texting you and not walking in a spiritual walk, it's here distraction. You best believe it. Anything that comes when you find yourself in deep focus, that thing is a distraction. See, the devil tries to use, I don't, even say, I don't like saying devil, the devil's not omnipresent like God. Demons who watch you are going to try to use what once was used best against you, against you again, to see if it has any work. See, we cannot get lost in our devotion. We got to defend our devotion. Some of us, we get lost in our devotion. We get caught up in our devotion, but we don't defend our devotion. We're not watching and praying. We're devoted. Oh, God is good. God is great. Life is great right now. But you don't guard the devotion. Guarding the devotion means, you know what? I got to make sure I'm really diving deep in my devotion. See, many people's devotions are very shallow. What they do is they read shallow, shallowy. They read surface level-ish. They, they, they don't want to go deep. They don't utilize the word of God as a mirror. They use the word of God as a powdering tool. They don't utilize a mirror to really see if I got stuff in my eyes, really see if I got stuff in my nose, really see if I got stuff in my life. But when you look at the word of God and as, as the perfect law of liberty, you will begin to see it for what it really is. And you'll be like, wow, I'm going to dive deep. I'm about to dive in deeper into my life and I'm going to let the word of God work deeper. I don't want God's word to just kind of just kind of clean off the surface. I want to cut deep into my soul, strengthen me in a person of character so I'm able to be who I need to be in life. You see what I'm saying? So so usually when you are in your devotion, you kind of doing the, the daily rituals of, and yes, reading the Proverbs a day. Yes, reading Matthews gets you going. But my goal with that reading plan is to get you to look at the word slower and deeper and utilize and ask questions on what stood out to me in this text. How can I apply this text in my life? What can I, what can I glean from this to fix my, not fix myself, but to allow this word to fix me? Then your devotion is shallow. And then when some person comes, the enemy's going to be like, their devotion is so shallow because demons know where your spiritual level is. They know based upon the, the, the fervency of it. They know based upon the, the energy of it. They know your kind before. They see your kind before. They know if you're really about this life. They know they really know if you're following God for real, for real, or if you're just going through the motions of Christianity. And so what they do is they're going to try to send this old person in to send you a text to see where you at. And if you even entertain it an inch, they know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to work it. You know you have matured beyond a demonic tactic when you only look at it but not linger with it. Oh, you saw the text, but you don't even respond because you're so distracted by God that your distraction, that, that God as distraction distracts you from distractions. And you don't, and then it keeps you from giving that distraction action. So what you need to do is realize where you are in life 
based on your spiritual maturity, you'll be able to process. So process and be like, you know what? You already said it, that this person is not even walking the things of God. Ignore them. That's a distraction. Keep it moving. Subtraction. Subtract the distraction. You see what I'm saying? Bring subtraction to that distraction. Allow God in going deeper in your devotion, not being shallow, would distract you from distractions because your discernment will be able to help you process. This ain't worth your time. This ain't worth your energy. Let's keep it moving. Christina Center says, is your book on Amazon Prime? Uh, yeah, it's on Amazon. So if you have Amazon Prime, you'll be able to get that book in two days. The purpose of singleness. The purpose of singleness. Uh, if you got soul tie issues, the purpose of freedom is my book on soul ties. Uh, if you got a spiritual warfare going on, you want to know about the whole armor of God, World War Me is that book for that. My book, Dating Prep, is a book for those who dating themselves and are in dating relationships. It helps you really ask the right questions to, to, to make you process whether you should stay single or is this relationship a certified relationship from God. So the book is available on Amazon. Nick says, is it possible for a man to have found a wife but doesn't recognize it because he has not submitted his life to God or does not have in that reverence for God or just the case if he's not the right one? Uh, is it possible for a man to have found a wife but doesn't recognize it because he has not submitted his life to God or does not have the reverence of God or just the case? Or is it just the case if he's not the right one? As simple as this. I go back to what Adam, what happened to Adam? Um Adam didn't even know that he was alone until he finished his assignment of his singleness. Until he had finished his assignment of his singleness, then he recognized. But before he recognized, God said it's no longer good for Adam to be alone. It, is, it didn't mean that, that God wasn't enough for Adam, but God wanted to reveal himself in another way through one man, right? But, but when he was at a place of rest, he was able to recognize. When he was rested, God pulled out of him pulled out of him. But if you have nothing in you, what can God pull out of you? You got to know who you are. You got to know your purpose. And when God pulls the woman out of you or or connects you with what was already pulled out of you before you was formed in your mother's womb, you will begin to recognize the perfect fit because you finish the, uh, the, the, the assignment of your singleness and you allow God to bring you by green pastures. You allow him to bring you around still waters. You allow him to restore your soul. And now when you wake up from that season of rest, when God awakens you, She'll be right there to recognize, but God will keep you at a place of rest. The rest will be your distract. Your rest will be your distraction. Sometimes God allows a season of rest, and it's going to be a, a season of singleness where you feel like I'm so I'm enjoying the singleness so much that means you're in a place of rest. It doesn't mean you don't want marriage. But like when you know you're in a rest rested place, when you enjoy your singleness. If you can't rest where you rest, and you're restless where you rest, then you're not ready for that next level. But you know you're ready for the next level when you enjoy the level you're on. When you enjoy, your, the enjoyment of the level you're on comes from the appreciation of the level you're on. Because you appreciate the level you're on, you begin to enjoy it. You begin to see the joys. But most people are distracted from seeing the joys of singleness. And they, they, they lift in their period of time of singleness. Many people are not single because of God. Some people are not single because of the devil. They're single because of them. Many people right now are not single because of God. They're not single because of the devil. They're single because of them. You're restless. You're not allowing singleness. You're not allowing patience to have a perfect work in you. And because if you don't get to a place of rest in singleness, you're not going to be the best for the next level. And so when Adam was at rest, God awakened him out of his place of rest. And it was because God in his providential time saying he was resting. We don't know how long Adam was asleep. We don't know how long it took for God to 
to pull the woman out of him, to patch the wound, to build the woman from the rib. We don't know how long that took. We just know <clears throat> he rested. There's going to be a period of time that you have to enjoy singleness before you go to the next level. Because if you can't enjoy any season, you won't be able to find the reason for any season, and you'll end up being committing treason. <clears throat> you see what I'm saying? So, yes, Nick, uh, uh, you can recognize the one God has for you, but you will be able to recognize her after you have been after you are in the rest of God. The rest of God means because God is at rest, I rest. Because Jesus is seated, even though He's working and and, and standing the gap for us, but because the job is done. I can rest while I get my job done. I know that God is the promotion doesn't come from the east to the west. It comes from God. That's the beauty of it. But if you're in a restless state, restlessness will have you look at, it will ruin the way you think about your singleness. But when you really rest in the rest of God and become rested as a man, when God wakens you from that rest and you look up, flesh, uh, 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 bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. You see what I'm saying? You'll be, you start speaking poetry to your woman, but God knows when to waken you from that place of being distracted by his, by your rest in him to be able to now to, to recognize the woman that God has for you. Her sons and arrow says, can people who are married, but separate utilize this class? You best believe it. Singleness is about being an individual. It means about being whole. Um, yes. Uh, 75 to 85% of this content is for singles, but my book is about wholeness. Right. But 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 I had got a, I received a lot of messages from single people and I and God really God made me do this. This book is three, three and a half years old. You see what I'm saying? Uh, if I really wanted to be successful, I would, if I really wanted to get a bunch of followers back in the day, I would have did this a long time ago. See, I only do what God leads me to do. And and I was it, it hit me out of nowhere. So I did it. Uh, so if you married or separated or in an unsure relationship, this course is for you. If you're married. And y'all working through some stuff and y'all like, hey, we got to get whole. Some of these points, these points can help you if you're in an unsure relationship, especially if you're engaged, if you're not. OK, if, if you're if you're engaged or in a relationship or dating or single or complication in your marriage, these points will be able to help you. Uh, but 85 percent of this is probably geared towards those who are engaged and below. But these points will help anybody who's separated for sure. Um, and will also help those who are uh, married. Um, um, but the reason why I don't tackle marriage a lot, because I'm a rookie. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to try to teach on something that I haven't mastered, that I haven't lived, that I haven't experienced. Now, I can tell you about first year stuff, and I may do some videos on that about what I've learned in my first year of marriage. Uh, that might be a good video to do. Um, but I'm not going to go dive deep into marriage because I've only been married for a year and uh, two months now. Uh, simply Inna says, how do I move on and heal that missing part in my heart when someone I truly trusted, a close godly male friend just walked out of my life after the last argument? Um, great question. Uh, oh, oh, you have you have a part two. OK, I have text and left voice. Listen, listen, listen to me closely. You do not call no man. You do not text no man. You do not chase no man. Listen, if he walked away from you from an argument, I don't care who he is. I don't care because godly is 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 a loose word. 
Um, godly had godly men, godly women have been a man of God, MOG, WOG, man of God, woman of God are very loose terms. Um, um, many people are not what they claim. And so what you should not do as, as, as coach, what coach is going to advise you, you do not text him or leave voice. You don't chase no man. You are, you are more valuable than that. If he walks away, give him his time. It's what you do. Let him have his space. Let him have his time to clear his head. Do not chase him. The, the fact that you're chasing him proves that you made that person more valuable in your heart than God. Because when God is enough, you don't chase. You walk out of my life, it may sting. It may disappoint me, but it ain't going to cast me down into depression. It sure ain't going to make me text you. It sure ain't going to make me call you. And this ain't to talk down at you. It's talk to build you up, to edify you. That, you know, as a woman, you do not text a man or call a man if he walks away. If it's your fault, cool. But hey, I apologize for that. Apologize when he comes back. Don't 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 try to give apologies in your voicemail and it's text. And if he is a godly man and needs space, let him have his space. But occupy the space where God is in your life and grow from there. I have text and left voicemail and still no response. We had multiple arguments and I'm blaming myself, but I never thought it would unexpected end with no closure. Let God be your closure, man. When people close the door, lock it. <laughs> lock it. Don't, don't leave that door open, hoping they come back to tell you why they close that door in your face. When they close that door, turn that lock. That's your closure. The fact they close the door and use your closure. Let God be your closure. Okay, God. Maybe that wasn't in your will. Maybe it's not. But it ain't, I ain't going to let this stop what we got going on. That's why you need God in your singleness so that, no, that when a person walks out of your life, nothing stops. Some people have been stopped. Ain't did nothing since 98. Ain't did nothing since 05. Ain't did nothing since 2012. They ain't did nothing since the 99 to 2000. They ain't did nothing since last week because somebody walked out. You got to be so caught up and content in God. If a person walks out in your life, okay, cool. Maybe you wasn't a part of this scene in my life. Maybe this was the last sentence of the last chapter that you were supposed to be in. And so don't, it's been over for two months. That means you wasted two months. Heal. And that's the thing. It was your first question. How do I move on and heal that missing part in my life is let God fill that void. Let God fill that hole. And you got to look at your heart and ask yourself the real honest questions is of this is, how, did I make this person an idol in my life? Did I make this person more than God to me in my life? Why, why am I still yet holding on? And let me let me be honest. I know it hurts. It's not easy. Rejection is not easy to process. But before you process your rejection, process your acceptance. When you know you're accepted by God, you can handle rejection. So what I need for you to do, I want you to look up God's love. Google, uh, uh, Google and look up scriptures on God's love for for his children. Look up uh, uh, attributes of God. Get to know God in this season. Get to know him in a better way. And as you get to know him, you'll be like, you know what? Forget them. <laughs> the more you know him, it's easier to forget them because you begin to realize over time, God will begin to heal that cavity. That's what holes are. Holes is when we allow bacterialized <clears throat> thoughts, bacterialized emotions, bacterialized spiritual doctrines, bacterialized uh, chemicals <clears throat> in our lives that creates these cavities that opens up holes. And, and it keeps God from pouring anything in your life because you allow that bacteria to keep broadening out the hole. <clears throat> but when you get your mouth washing, you allow God to wash your mind and cleanse you and, and kill not 99.9% .9 of germs. Because what God, the chemical that God has, kills 100% of germs. And over time, <clears throat> that cavity will close and that area will be whole.
So how do you heal? It's to process your hurt and say, why am I hurting? It's because you idolize the individual and we've done it. We've all done it. I've been guilty as charged. That's why right now in my marriage, my wife is not, I, I don't put my wife above God because if I do, I set myself up to hurt and I set myself up to hurt her. God has to always be miles and miles and miles above number two. Number two can't even be close to number one. God has to be light years above the second place person. If not, that person will have too much power to hurt you. So how do I move on and heal that missing part? Number one, move on. <clears throat> and number and number one, what I mean by move on is like literally move. Move on into your purpose. Move on into growing. And if you don't know your purpose, you got plenty of time to understand God. Look up the attributes of God. Meditate on scripture. Move on in your life. The reason why people don't move on, they don't see nothing to move on in their life. That's because you don't see no life. Yeah, you got to you gotta see life. God, the Bible says uh, he'll give you life and life more abundantly. Do you know how much life that is? How much peace he wants to give you? How much joy he wants to give you? How much uh, uh, a favor he wants to give you? There, listen, eh, listen. First off, you bet don't not only say you bet not, because who am I? Who am I to say that? Don't text them no more. Don't leave no voicemail. Let them go. Because usually when you chase something, it, it travels further away. When you ignore it, it'll try to find itself back to you. But just because you ignore it and just because it tries to come back don't mean you accept it. But if you keep chasing them, <clears throat> you have a chaser's mentality and, and your idolatry, I idolatry make you makes you chase them. Idols make you chase them. And um let God be a closure. Let that door close. Lock the door. Get a sheet of paper and write down everything about uh, uh, potentially why you idolized them or potentially why you saw so much value in them. Because many times when people move on, we become empty because we didn't fill ourselves up with God. If you don't fill yourself up with God, you're going to always feel empty. How do I move on and heal that missing part of my heart when someone I truly trusted? Learn from it. The best way to move on and heal is to learn. If you plan to earn, plan to learn. It's that simple. If you don't plan to learn, plan to burn. Burn with your own passions, burn by rejection, or possibly burn in hell. You see what I'm saying? But when you learn from your experience and you look at life as wins and less than our wins and losses, and you learn, the learning is what helps you heal. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you on how not to trust people that much. Even Jesus said, I believe it's in Luke or John, he says, the Bible says he doesn't trust himself with them because he knew their hearts. He knew them people weren't able to handle them. I don't entrust myself to everybody because not everybody's able to handle this anointing. Not everybody's able to handle my personality. And I know that. Only I only entrust myself in a deeper way to people who are graced for me. And this obviously shows this person I grace. So don't, don't beat yourself up in the head. Don't get mad at yourself. Lock the door. Process your hurt. Learn from it. Meditate on God's attributes and his word. And those different things will help you along the way. <clears throat> You also said the arguments was re, the arguments were regarding his lack of effort in trying to build a close friendship. I was always the one to put in more effort. How can a true friend do this? First off, the, the, you that last sentence, that sentence right there, is all the evidence you need. He ain't put no effort. The reason why he left because you ain't give him the effort. You know what I'm saying? You you ain't give him the E for effort. You ain't give him the effort. You ain't give him the thrust. You ain't give him. You ain't give him that throw it back. You ain't give him that. People don't stay around long when they ain't getting what's gonna make them long. You'll catch that tomorrow on the way to work. That right there lets you know everything you know. A real friend is there to there with you till the end. 
Look at that word friend. Everybody look at that word friend. You can't spell friend and you see the root word of it's in. Real friends will fry to the end. <laughs> they'll, they'll, ooh, they'll fry with you to the end. They'll stay in that hot grease with you until the end. Real friends will stay in a fryer. The Bible, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the man, the king, went by the fire, went by there and said, hey, I thought I put three men in there, but there's one that looks like the son of man. There's a friend that's there close to the brother. Jesus would get in the fire with you. Whoop. Ooh. Ooh. So what you do is befriend the friend, befriend the friend that'll never leave you. Befriend the one that is there closer than our brother. Stay with him because he'll still fry with you. He'll stay and you know what? You will be cooking, but you won't be burnt. Oh my goodness, that'll preach. Real friends will stay in the fryer with you until the end because they're there for you. They sent by God for you. But there's one friend, no matter if any friend leaves, he'll never forsake you. And that friend is Jesus. Until you know him as a friend, you won't be able to recognize who true friends are. Daniel David says, I'm with you, Christina. Whoop, whoop, single, single and content, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andrea Love says, I appreciate this channel so much. It, uh, it allows me to self-reflect on things. And that's that. Listen, we got to work. I work on myself daily. We got to work. This is the best stream ever. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you, Lord, for saying. Th not thank you, Lord. I'm sorry. Well, thank you. God gets the glory. The Lord gets the glory. But thank you for, for your kind words. Uh, and let's see if we, I got time for maybe one or two more questions. Uh... Okay. Every Thursday at seven thirty. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all helping each other. Okay, good. Eastern Standard Time. Um, uh, like the video. Let's get this up some more. Thank y'all. Uh, did I miss y'all's questions? Uh, so we are not supposed to text or call a man. How is that chasing? Oh, good question. I'm glad I caught that because that'll go with that. Uh, in that situation, we're not talking about if it's if it's cooperative effort. We're talking about this man walked away from you and gave you no explanation, ain't told you why a woman shouldn't call or text that man. Um, because that man, it, a real man will come and talk to you and say, this is the reason why I'm closing this door. A real man doesn't run. A real man faces. A real man doesn't turn his back on things he knows he needs to face. That Anyone who runs away from something that they need to face, that man's a coward. So you're not supposed to text a man or, or call a man if, if he ain't being a man. You see what I'm saying? Now, now if y'all in a relationship and he's cool and you thinking about him and you call, we're not talking about never calling or never text. We're talking about in that unique situation. You don't call or text no man because boys try to make women chase them. Mm -mm. Women don't chase boys. Women. Women welcome the presence of a man. Men honor the presence of their woman, and they don't play games like that. That's what I meant by that. I'm glad you said. I'm glad I saw that, so I can bring clarity on that. Uh, let's see. I want to get back to the question where I was at. This is the best. Okay, here we go. Uh, love your honesty. Okay, y'all talking to each other. All right, Coach. What's your thoughts on being spiritual, spiritually sensitive to where other people's spirits jump on you? Great question. What I do is I always give pounds. I don't, I don't really shake hands with a lot of people. I don't allow people to put their arms on me. If people kind of get there and before I can really react, uh, um, um, when I when I leave that place, I counsel any transferring spirit. I counsel any spirit that may have tried to jump on me through someone else because people try to intentionally shake your hand. See, when you shake your hand, your hand is open. Do you know that's an open door? 
Like that's like that's welcoming. A hug, shaking of hand is opening. Pound means I'm still got my closure. All you getting is the is, is a brick wall. But opening my hand opens the softness of my hand, which allows it, it, it reveals a level of openness. Now, when you walk in a level of spiritual maturity, you'll know how to have the power position. So what I do is always have the dominant power position when I meet strangers, when I meet anybody, because I don't know what people be into. You know what I'm saying? You can have a friend that you cool with, but you don't know they secretly doing stuff. So what I do, I always take the dominant position. I shake the hand and then I move my hand or I grab the elbow or I put my hand on the shoulder or I pat him on the back. I create the dominant position or I, or I kind of put their hand like this to let them know nothing's coming in. You see what I'm saying? So I'm shaking the hand. I'm putting myself in a dominant position. So I'm letting that whatever spirit in there know I'm already closed to you. If, if a person, you know, daps up, comes in. But most of the time, I pound, pound it out. Sometimes when I hug people, I do the side hug so that don't open my chest. See what I'm saying? So I give the side hug. You know, we in church, you give church hugs, the mothers and, you know what I'm saying, the little babies and stuff. You give the side hug. The side hug means I'm still closed off to you. So I'm not, I'm never opening my, I'm not, I don't create an openness about myself without at least understanding where I'm at. See, I know I'm a target. I know since I'm a preacher, I know who I am. Demons will use people, even in their ignorance, to target me, to try to try to get connection, to try to get close, to try to get conversation, to try to get close. That's what happened in my ministry three or four times, three or three times specifically. People were trying to get close. The first two times, I let people get close I shouldn't have. But the third time, it was like, whatever, y'all can kick rocks. Because I realized that you, the only reason why you even here is because you was demonically sent here to try to get close to sabotage what I'm trying to do. See what I'm saying? So what you do is you take a dominant position. You pound. Ladies, it's good for men. When a man try to hug you, pound it out. I don't got time for your lust coming on me. I don't got time for your, your, your whatever coming on me. I pound it out. Side hug for the brothers at church. Don't open yourself up. And then when you find yourself out of character, that means something has gotten on you from that day. And that's when you simply say the prayer. If there's any, uh, every demonic spirit that came upon me in any environment that I enter, uh, that entertained or entered, I command you through the blood of Jesus, through the name of Jesus, loose me now in Jesus' name. Spirit's got to go. Take always take the dominant position. Don't always open yourself up because the more you open yourself up, you become a revolving door for demons. And uh, hope to help. Um, you got to be spiritual system. You got to like good point. You got to be spiritual system because the Holy Spirit will let you know something ain't right about that person. But they got a big smile, and they may be genuine, but they're but they're engaging in things that are damaging. Next question. Um, most people need to see the gravity of His word. Oh, y'all help y'all preaching to each other. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, y'all still, y'all still talking. Okay. Hey man, thank you, coach. I needed to hear that so much. You're so welcome. I got the book already. Thank you for getting the book. Wow. I'm sorry. Oh, y'all talking. Okay. Thank you, coach. Okay. Let's scroll, scroll. I'm so enjoying singleness and just getting, that's right. That's good. That's good. Thanks so much for your purpose. Singleness book. I got it for my brother for Christmas. Thank you. Our mom passed away. My condolences. She was my brother's help in walking with Christ. I feel you. That's why God has to be number one because people die. You know, people just don't leave to be leaving. Sometimes people die. So I'll be praying for your brother. Uh, send me a, send, just send me his name through email and just say, hey, this is my brother. And tell him I'm praying for him. 
because I can understand how tough they're going to be. How many times are you on YouTube live? Um, Every Thursday at 7.30 p.m., I'll be live for the purpose of singleness. The reason why I wasn't live much for my live Q&As this week is I do a lot of ministry, but I'm going to try to go at least live three to four times every week while there's man resting God's presence, right? I have faith that God's word along with your book will continue. God is good. I pray it helps you for sure. Well, I see. He had to stop there for that one. Are you doing live videos every day or is there a schedule? Um, oh, I just answered your question. Okay. I had to do that to someone last year. He walked away. Are y'all got no more questions? It's so easy to fall into. Okay, gotcha. Right, swipe your face. Okay, gotcha. So, oh, so, okay, there we go. If he is not in God, run. That's right. All right. What I what I had to learn when I kept getting into oh, okay. Is that a question? No. Okay. A man, a man who is not in God will not see the out. Okay, gotcha. Let's see. When I Y'all got no questions? That's all right. What to do when your finances? Okay. <clears throat> what to do when your when your finances are being tested and it seems that you might lose everything? You just got to self-examine your financial literacy. Um, uh, money must be studied. You know what I'm saying? Money is a resource, not just uh, it's not just a resource to get me more resources. A resource in of itself. I have to understand and respect it as a resource. You got to get to a place where you train your mind to account for every dime. You got to train your mind to account for every dollar that you're able to say, you know what? What are my spending habits? So what I want you to do is I want you to print out the last three months of your bank statements. Print out the last three months of your bank statements and you'll see what your idols are. You'll see what your issues are and you'll see all those different things, what you're entangled in, etc. Start start calculating what you spend the most money on because when you see it on paper, you see the truth. And when you see the truth, the truth will set you free. And then you, if you change the way you think about money, you will change the way you handle money. And that's important when it comes to marriage because it's sex and money that that destroys marriages. And you, uh, financial literacy is important for you to understand in, in singleness because when you singly understand money, you won't become a liability in your marriage because money answers all things. The Bible say the love of money. The Bible says didn't say money was the root of all evil. The love of it is you love it so much that you made it your master. You made it your sole source of provision. Why do you say God's? Why do you think God said you cannot serve God and mammon, God and money, because you can't serve them both because they're two different kinds of provisions. God is the ultimate provider. Money is some provision. And if you serve money, then you only limited in your provision. But if you serve God, you have unlimited provision. So if you serve in money, you miss out on a whole lot of provision. But if you serve God, you don't have to worry about paying for a lot of things because I found out with serving God is that I didn't have to pay for a lot of things. A lot of the things I got in my life is from favor. Favor is worth more than money because favor, you don't have to spend money. Okay, so to help you with your finances and your singleness, you got to understand the value of money, the purpose of money, and how money answers things. And if you're tired of uh, not, if you're tired of not receiving the answer, you got to change the way you manage the money. If you want money to answer things, you got to be mindful of money. You got to increase your financial literacy. You got to uh, uh, en- engage the Word of God about giving and how to give, and give in rhythm with God, and and make sure that you really understand the value of money and that you're a distribution channel, not a hoarder. And all those different things will play a part in your in 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 in, in your finances. But print out your statements. Look at where you spend your money. Look at the things that you shouldn't be spending your money. Most of us live above our means 
and and it means too much to us to live above our means. Nah, you got to live at the means where you're able. You got to live below your, not below your means. Yeah, you got to live with at least below your means. What I mean by that is be minimalist, not not minimalist to the to the extreme. But tell you, say, look, man, I, I don't need because excess hinders progress. When you live in excess and an abundance, and what I mean, but I'm talking about debt abundance, like uh, busting my uh, doing doing crazy stuff to get an abundance, you get messed up. But when you say, you know what? I don't have to get a coffee every day. I don't have to go to these fancy restaurants. I don't have to travel every quarter. Then you'll begin to realize you have a lot more money. The reason why we in money problems because we uh, uh, we don't see the purpose of money. So what I would do, I would go to God and repent on how you've been spending your money. Repent on how you've been using your money. Give God your heart and say, God, I'm sorry for this. I need your help. Renew my mind about this. And God will change the way you think about money. And God may help you because of your, because of your request. He may get you out of that problem. But man, but God rarely, sometimes God doesn't pull us out of the problem. He pulls us through the problem. Because if he pulls out of the problem, the problem in our heart will create the new, will create that same problem again. Sometimes pulling us out of problems is problematic. Pulling us through problems, and we go through the pain of that problem. We go through the lessons of that problem. We 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 going being pulled through the problem will keep us from repeating problems. Begging God to pull us out of the problem keeps the problem inside of us. Hope to help. People who are graced for me. That's right. Oh, scroll down again. Man, I hate when it does that. Okay, I'm back where I need to be. I've been going to two hours now, so I got to stop. I'm going to see if I can see one more. Hi, I'm from Australia. Your videos are such about God bless you. Thank you for watching. I better stop now, y'all. I got I to gotta, I gotta be wise. Hope you guys have been blessed. Um, hope these videos have uh, this video has been a blessing. If you want to sign up for this course, go to lifework.teachable.com right now. Like, subscribe, share this video. Let all your singles know in your church, in your, in your, in your, at your job, wherever they are. And for those who are in unsure relationships, they're dating, but they don't know what's going on. There's courses for them. It's free. Enroll today at lifework.teachable.com. Um, this video will post again, so it will be here. The questions, the answer to the questions will be here. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I see y'all next week. Get your books. Because we're going to be going in these books pretty soon. We got a long, a year and a half. The purpose of singleness. Um, get the shirts. Get the books. Let's make this a movement. Utilize the hashtag, the purpose of singleness. And we'll see y'all next week, next Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. And um, I think that's it. If you want to give, you can give to support this uh, program. Even though it's free, you can give multiple ways. You can support. Support by getting a book. You can support by getting a t-shirt. You can support by donating for our mentoring program. You can support however uh, you see on our website, imunplugged.com. We appreciate your support. We welcome it. Um, But freely I give, freely I receive, freely I give. That's what I live by. But if you want to support, you can. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Peace.